Hi, welcome to the Flywheel Film Show. From a bed of flowers in Boulder, Colorado, I'm Jordan. I'm Austin in Richard Rawlings' backyard in Dallas, Texas. And I am Justin in the bachelorette capital of the world, Nashville, Tennessee. Today, we have an especially special episode in store. Yeah, we take a deep dive into the newly unveiled Ford F-150 Lightning. And I can finally talk about my experience getting to look and ride in it before the president did. Ka-chow. <laughs> so we don't usually focus much on news because we prefer a podcast that's more timeless. But this new F-150 has the potential to be one of the most important pieces of EV news since Tesla Model S. Right. And the reason it is so important primarily is because of the sheer volume of F-150's Ford cells each year. So if the electrification of American autos is the goal, then creating a battery version of the world's best-selling truck is certainly one way to get there. Yeah. So we all watched last night's reveal, right? Except maybe Austin. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> did, did we do the research? Did everyone do the research? And for those no. of you who haven't seen it, uh, you can check it out on YouTube. Um, I have a couple of videos on Out of Spec Studios, and we're doing this podcast now. There's some written stuff. I mean, if you haven't heard about this by now, that means you've been under a rock. Um, but while you're on YouTube, pop over to Flywheel Films, hit that subscribe button. And um, yeah, what do you guys... And click the guys? notification bell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what that does, Ring, to be honest. Ring the bell. So what, do you, Ring the what bell. are your guys' thoughts on the reveal itself before we talk about the truck? Or, Justin, what are your thoughts on the reveal? <laughs> right, exactly. I thought it was wonderful, guys. I thought it was <laughs> definitely not scripted in the slightest. I like how free-flowing it was. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> this guy didn't watch anything. Uh, yeah, it was super, super not scripted. I... um. I got tired of the music after like the first couple of minutes. Yep. Like they, they played that like electric guitar theme and then they did, you know, it was like rock and roll. It was like, you know, American music and all this kind of stuff, which actually I guess rock and roll came from Britain. So we've done that wrong. But uh, I got tired of the music after like two minutes. And then, uh, but the, the presentation wasn't bad. Like they obviously went like all out. They had a massive screen. I, I always appreciate how everyone feels like they need to put the disclaimer at the bottom of like, don't worry, guys, we we followed COVID regulations as if as if anyone really cares. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they 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 put a projector projection on the entire side of their headquarter building in Dearborn, Michigan, which is nuts. was that on the side of the building? Yes. That's huge. Yeah, so it was, it I mean, was I, like it, a thousand feet screen. Wow. The resolution was terrible, but the screen was yeah. massive. It was also like a split second behind the speaker. So as you like yeah. see them move and like they're talking and you're watching the screen, you're like, well, this isn't this isn't matching up. This is just a poorly dubbed anime. <laughs> but I, yeah, I agree with the music. Um, I, I'm thinking about how, how would you guys feel if I redid their video, but with the Wonder Woman soundtrack, that electric guitar riff? I'd watch or it. Actually, it's cello. Yeah, I'd, I'd, watch, well, I'd watch that. Anything over over. with a cello, you have me. <laughs> you yeah. had me at the cello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, t-shirts coming. Um, <laughs> t-shirts coming. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a a good reveal. So you, it's super scripted, teleprompter and everything. You start to appreciate Apple's keynote presentations. 
because really you go watch any company. I mean, Google just had their IO event this week. Um, they're all extremely scripted and kind of awkward. Um, but at the same time, Tesla, Tesla is very awkward. Yeah. That's cause Elon's I like, awkward. I like Elon cause he's like, he's an engineer. He just, he's brilliant in the head and just doesn't always speak eloquently. And that's kind of like, I really appreciate that They had, um, Linda Zhang, who's a chief engineer. She was the one who unveiled the truck and she's an engineer. She's not a public speaker. So I thought that was cool. They didn't have mm-hmm. some PR person who just has no idea about the truck, but is good on stage. They actually had the lead engineer on the project, um, which was really cool to see that. So it really makes me appreciate Tony Stark more. Like he's the engineer and a brilliant public speaker. I mean, that's so and absolutely not a fictional character. Yeah, you know? abs- yes, yeah. exactly, totally real. So. Yeah, it once I, I think it makes you realize like how difficult it actually is to get that combination uh, of like people who actually know what they're talking about and are good at talking about it. Okay, so I have some stats backing what I said earlier about why this new all-electric F-150 is so important. So we'll see what it ends up doing in the truck market, but just as it relates to EV. So here's some stats from 2019. Um, I didn't write down the website because I'm super good at research, but believe me, it came from a real website and it was legit. So in 2019, in the U.S. alone, Ford sold, this isn't how many are owned, this is how many are sold. Ford sold 896,562 F-150s in 2019 alone. Okay, I don't know what that ends up working out to per day, but that's a lot of freaking trucks. Okay. It's at least one per day. <laughs> at least one. Now that it's over 300, <laughs> if it's over 356 <laughs> units in a year, that's at least one per day. Yes. Excellent math, Austin. Brilliant. Um, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> so comparatively, in the U.S. in 2019, uh, EVs in total number 235,849. So the F-150 outpaced total EV sales in the U.S. in 2019 by a factor of nearly four. That was a single vehicle. Yes. Outpacing an entire market. Yes. So we're talking I, all Justin, Teslas. I'm, curious, I'm, I'm guessing that's probably all of the F-Series, or is that just the F-150? That is, as far as I can tell, just the F-150. Wow. Yeah. We're not even talking F-250s, F-350s. We're not talking uh, diesel powertrains, anything like that. We're t- just talking about the F-150. So what that means is if 5%, well, actually, sorry, I'll, I'll say this first. If a quarter of F-150 buyers in 2019 bought the Lightning, EV sales in the U.S. would double. Like they would double the EV sales in the entire U.S. if only a quarter of F-150 owners who purchased an F-150 in 2019 bought the Lightning. Um, if only if 22% converted, Ford would sell more EVs than Tesla, which just shows you how much of the EV market share Tesla has. But um, like Ford has the opportunity to sell more electric vehicles than Tesla, and if they wanted to outpace all the rest of the composition competition, only 5% of people who bought an F-150 in 2019 would have to convert to Lightning to for Ford to be the second highest EV um, seller in the United States. So that just speaks to the sheer volume that F- that Ford pushes out each year and how many trucks people buy. 
we'll see what the, we'll see what and the importance happens. of this vehicle. I mean, that's that's why we think it could be. It, it you might think this looks a little boring. It looks like an F one hundred and fifty, and that is a bummer to me because I like really interesting, unique, crazy looking things. But they played it safe because they know their market share. They just gave people what they want, what they'll use, and if even that small percentage of people convert, they'll suddenly have the number two spot in the EV market. Yeah, so. I actually like that they played it safe. I mean, I'd, after watching this and then seeing like the new Rivian, like it makes me dislike the Cybertruck even more. Like I didn't like it to begin with, but like after seeing like oh, like you can make a electric truck look conventional and still be fresh, you know. Like they didn't. Have, they didn't have to go crazy with it and turn it into a door wedge or a I don't know freaking Tron vehicle. So, someone commented and said that was a good reveal by Ford, although it felt half finished because they never threw a metal ball at the windshield. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so it's it's important. Um, so yeah, I went to Michigan let's see, about a week ago now, to kind of get a preview of this truck. So they had four prototype vehicles available. Um, and that was cool, too, because they didn't, yeah, they didn't give us a bunch of PR marketing people to unveil the truck. It was the actual engineers. So Linda Zhang, who did the presentation on stage, was the one who took me in the truck around the track for, like, the high-speed test. And they showed me... Um, the off-road capabilities, the towing capabilities. And this was all done at Michigan Proving Grounds, or MPG, which is kind of ironic because it's an EV. Uh, <laughs> they were doing EVs there. Um, <clears throat> but it's a really cool, giant section of land. I don't remember how many thousands of acres it is. Um, but it has you know, a full five-mile high-speed loop where they developed the 4GT. You can do 200 miles an hour even in the corners. Um, they have all sorts of trails, all sorts of places where you can put vehicles through salt baths and see how how deep they can wade through water it's where they test everything it's where they get that very proud built ford tough badge on every vehicle which by the way that built ford tough animation that we saw like 10 times in the reveal i'm super tired of it they need to update that that's super like 2005 is that when that <laughs> when it like drops a metal yeah well the they, metal thing <laughs> they did switch it up a little bit when they reveal the lightning and you see like the blue lightning uh go out from 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 that, but yeah, they use the they use that metal. <laughs> <laughs> they use that. They use that a lot. Yeah, it was almost as tiring as the music. Yeah, but it's a uh, it's intriguing, and you know, everyone's been speculating over the past week about the specifications. What's it going to do? You know, and everyone obviously compares it to other vehicles like the Cybertruck, <clears throat> the Rivian, um, or even just the F one fifty, which has put Ford in a hard place because. People are comparing it to EV competition, but also the F-150. And so Ford really was setting out to try to strike the balance. They're like, how do we make this an F-150? That is still an engaging EV. And I think they did a pretty good job at it. I think so, too. So here's... Go ahead, Justin. You know, now I've decided I don't want to say anything. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Perfect. So um, <clears throat> in doing some research, and I was... Uh, talking prior to the podcast with Jordan and Justin just about how the <clears throat> the EV market is such a interesting one because a lot of uh, pressure is on these manufacturers for range and people put a lot of emphasis around, oh, this doesn't have enough range for me. 
Um, but I want to speak on a few numbers. So it looks like the starting price for the uh, Lightning is going to be right at forty grand. Um, then that's still apparently there's an unknown like destination charge, but that's typically around like fifteen hundred bucks. But what's nuts is that's a little bit more affordable than the F one hundred and fifty XL, and that's before any credits or incentives. Yeah. That's nuts. Which is absurd. Yeah. So if you're not familiar, there's a $7,500 federal tax credit that every car manufacturer has an allotment of um, for that they can use for it's it's for uh, pretty much units sold in the United States. Mm-hmm. So Ford probably won't have that for very long now that the Mach-E is up and going, and then um, the obviously the F-150 Lightning. But even some states will have incentives, um, and a lot of the like California, a lot of the West Coast and East Coast states have a state incentive to get into an electric vehicle as well. Sometimes it's not paying any registration fees. Sometimes it's a similar tax credit of like twenty five hundred bucks. I think here it's um, thirty five hundred, which would yeah, give oh you like gosh. eleven or twelve grand off this trip. Yeah. So you're under thirty thousand dollars for a brand new F one fifty that's fully electric, and then the biggest and argument and everything, and, yeah. Exactly. And the biggest argument, and I can already hear people saying, is, oh, that's just for the standard range. Um, when I was selling Teslas, the majority of what I sold every month was a standard range Model 3, which at the time had 240 miles of range. Um, mm. For an around, around town vehicle, that is more than enough. If you think about the errands that you run or your, your daily commute, very seldom will you travel further than that in a day's use. Um, and a lot of people say, oh, what about road trips? Unfortunately, not a lot of people take road trips anymore. A lot of people still enjoy them, like myself, and I know you guys do as well. But um, the reality of it is most people fly when they need to go somewhere of long distance. So a fast charging network, though advantageous for the people that enjoy that, I don't know. I just, I, I really think Ford did a great job of getting it at a very entry-level price because i know that was a huge thing with Rivian. yeah i can say that i've driven across the country in a 2019 f-150 xlt and even though we got like 600 miles per tank and that was helpful even though we were getting trash gas miles because it was the naturally aspirated v8 and we had to drive through colorado twice but um like we were still getting like 600 miles on a tank of gas like i wouldn't recommend that as my first vehicle not even my 10th vehicle to go on a long road trip on. Like it was big. It was comfy. had a lot of amenities, but like it, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't my first choice. So like if you're getting an F-150 and like, I'm going to take this on a road trip, go look at a different car, honestly. Yeah. So they really, they struck a good balance because they did have, um, you know, the same, roughly the same pricing as the standard internal combustion engine F-150, like spec for spec, trim for trim. It's comparable. It is a bit more, but just the extra stuff you get makes it worth it. And they sell enough, you know, Lariats, Platinums, King Ranch that I don't think that's a big, they're not concerned about not selling any of the higher trim. Cause a lot of people like ranchers and people in oil and gas, I mean, they, they'll, you know, splurge on an F-150 and then hope it lasts for years, mm-hmm. which this should. I mean, this has, you know, battery, 10-year warranty, 100,000 miles. Like, it, it should last for a while. Yeah, and I like, yeah. um, I mean, the the horsepower, the torque definitely is going to be, is comparable. I mean, we all know yeah. the inherent advantage of the electric motor is the massive amount of torque that you get 
Um, so, I mean, it's it's going to haul. That's for sure. So let's, let's talk specs really quick. Um, so what basically you have an ex, a standard range battery, which is EPA up to 230 miles on charge, and an extended range battery, which is 300 miles. Um, the standard range battery, 426 horsepower. Extended range, 563 horsepower. So those are solid numbers. Um, and then both batteries have the full 775 pound-feet of torque, which mm. is pretty monstrous. I mean, you know trucks usually have more torque than you know cars, but right. just with these, it's dual electric motors and they're inboard motors, on one on each kind of axle, and um, an all-new independent rear suspension. That's a first for F-Series trucks, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I wonder what the purists are going to say about that, but yeah. uh, it should help in the handling and off-road dynamics. <clears throat> Yeah, well, I, well, I am kind of curious to see what the F-150 Purist... I mean, I think with any car manufacturer who's going electric, like you're going to have issues with the Purist. Um, like, I don't know what, what Porsche is dealing with with the Taycan, you know, but I imagine there's some people that are just like, ah, no. I think there's a few things to unpack with that. Um, Porsche, for a long time now, since like probably 2010s, has been doing hybrids to kind of ease into uh. that electric market. And I think that uh, Ford has actually done themselves a huge uh, service in introducing the EcoBoost motor into the F-150 prior to going electric. That's true. Because they're already easing away from that V8 power that everybody thinks that they need and showing them that, like, hey, you can get, like, better fuel economy and the same power but have a, like, smaller displacement motor just with some help from some turbos. But – Fully electric is kind of that next step of more power, quieter, more efficient. And that's kind of where people are wanting their vehicles to go. And I think that like this is a wonderful, like full transition to a very efficient, very usable truck um, without, like you said, like upsetting the purists. Because let's be honest, the purists probably got really upset when that EcoBoost came out. True. And part, part, Something Porsche did, I think, well was they introduced the full EV with an all-new model. It does look sort of Panamera, but it is the Taycan. It's a new EV versus a lot of other people, um, Ford included, are trying to like use existing names within their brand to put EV on, which does wonders for you know advertisement. Even though they're not, I mean, they're advertising it, but what's really advertising it is all the people who are debating does this really deserve the Mustang name? Or in this case, does it really deserve the Lightning name? That was already used on a Ford quote-unquote super truck back in you know late 90s, early 2000s. A really and cool super truck. Yeah. <laughs> super cool, but it's like it's this is different. I mean, that truck when it came out was so different from the F-150. It was just, you know, big supercharged V8, 0 to 60 speed. It wasn't great in handling, um, which... You know, I guess we can debate that a little bit. Is how this fits the Lightning name. Um, you know, technically speaking, electricity is lightning. <laughs> when I when I first heard that, I thought it was genius. I'm just gonna just gonna add that comment. I thought it was genius. I I love the old Lightnings. I think they're very very cool, but they kind of push the envelope for what the F-150 could be. Mm. And in that regard, I think this fits perfectly. I think this I think this is a better branding decision than what they did with the Mustang Mach E. I still don't like that. But this makes a lot of sense, like Austin said, for how they're redefining the F one fifty. Also it's electric, so lightning makes sense, and I get to say ka chow a whole lot. <laughs> 
and, and Justin, that's an interesting comment on the the Mach-E, the Mustang. Um, I think we've seen over the past year that Ford isn't afraid to revamp these iconic names um, for press purposes. And I understand the controversy around that. There's still a lot of people that are, that are in the camp that we shouldn't be calling the Mach-E a Mustang. It doesn't deserve that badge. Mm. But I don't think the Mach-E would even be in any conversation if it was just called Ford Escape Electric. Right, or, it would just be another electric SUV. So the or fact even if that they had just called it Mach E or the Model like, E, yeah, since they wouldn't let Tesla yeah. use that. <laughs> I I think it, it's extremely like interesting, but I think marketing wise, like it wouldn't be we wouldn't be talking about it if they didn't use that. And then the Lightning, the F one fifty electric already was going to make it big enough of a splash, but now they're getting everybody talking about it, like enthusiasts included, because like Jordan said, that conversation of um, is it worthy? And and I don't know. I, I I'm I'm here to see how this does. And then also, obviously, with a lightning name, like I'm interested to see how performance wise this is going to line up to some other performance vehicles because mm-hmm. that's how the original lightning was designed. Right. Yeah. They made the comment in the reveal that it's more powerful than the original SVT Lightning. You know, that came out what that would have been like 90s. Um, uh, early, yeah, early '90s when they introduced it. Um, so that's that's what's interesting because I I defended this because I'm like, well, it is faster than the original Lightning, and my brother-in-law Jason had a Lightning. He had a 2001, um, and it was super cool. And he he confirmed you know, it was mostly built for straight line speed, you know, blowing people's doors off at stoplights, as Austin says, and um, not so well in the corners. And so this does that it has straight line speed and acceleration mm-hmm. which you know any ev does right but people's argument which i am understanding more and more is at the time in the 90s that truck was so impressive and would actually keep up with some cars and i mean they even had that truck in fast and furious versus now the lightning yes it's still faster than that truck but compared to other performance figures of today is pretty sad disappointing they're they're aiming for four and a half seconds zero to 60 we'll see if they actually hit that right but i will be interested to see how it handles in the corners as well with that low center of gravity they they said perfect weight distribution which which i'm interested in seeing which you're not going to get that rear suspension will help too right exactly so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see like how well it handles you know on a track not just straight line speed but yeah i, I guess you know try comparing the new lightning to the old one is kind of like you know well, comparing any new car to an old one, or com- or comparing <laughs> yourself to the person you were ten years ago in high school, and like I was a moron. <laughs> yeah, it, that it will have better handling. I think so. They it's all new rear suspension. The front suspension was not all new, but it's been you know improved and tuned for this extra weight. This truck weighs six thousand five hundred pounds, which is a lot. But That's the Hummer EV boy. weighs. 9,000, I think. So Jeez. compared to the Hummer, it's it's light. It's a Jeez. light boy. It's slim, slim boy. I um. I do like, I do like, and this is kind of a nerdy thing that I noticed here. So the payload for the standard range is 2,000 pounds. So payload, like what you can actually put in the bed or in the frunk um, on top yep. of how much it already weighs. The extended range, you actually get a decreased payload to 1,800 pounds, which isn't much, but you just can see how much that additional battery weighs and like how much batteries in general weigh, weigh down these cars. Also, I didn't, 
think about this until just now, but the Ford, Ford introduced the all-aluminum F-150, all-aluminum body F-150, what, like four years ago, something like that? Six, six years ago. Was it six yeah. years ago? Um, so, and I, they didn't point it out here, but I'm assuming they're using all-aluminum body panels for the Lightning because it saves weight, but they've been doing that, you know, like you guys said, for six years. So it's interesting, and tacking that onto the point that Austin made about the EcoBoost, um, I think that's so... It, it seems like maybe they've been working towards this for a while and they've just been making incremental changes and getting people prepared. And if that's the case, and that's a genius move on the part of Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, high, high strength steel frame and all quote unquote military grade aluminum alloy body and bed. And that's, that's what's, you know, they, they played it so smart. Like we keep saying, but it's the same bed and body as the truck we've had for years which means if you already have an F-150 and want to upgrade, all your existing accessories for your truck cab or your bed will fit. They're plug-and-play with this, which was really smart. Is that screen? Yeah, look- that's, that's, uh, that's a great point, Jordan. I think, too, because it is so similar looking with the exact same things, there's not going to be that alienation of, oh, that's an EV F-150. Right. Like at a glance, other than like the really cool headlight in front and the taillight in rear, which I don't think anybody's going to see and think like, oh, that looks silly. Like I think that looks really, really cool. Yeah. I think it's going to be a super easy transition, and that's probably why they played it so safe is the truck market is one that doesn't doesn't uh, adhere to change easily. Correct. Um, and I think Ford really knows their market in that. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a super solid point. That is a- back. Sorry, I wanted, I wanted to bring up some psychology to that point. Um, Austin is completely right. The truck market in general, we're not talking about everybody. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, that's not me. Like, okay, well, maybe it's not. But we're talking in general. The truck market, I mean, I mean so who buys trucks? It's people who either need to haul stuff, they, they work on a construction site, they go fishing, they, they do outdoors. I mean, they're typically hauling things for the most part. And that is usually indicative of a certain type of um, mindset. And typically, uh, that includes having a personality trait called, well, it's, a, it's one of the big five personality traits called openness. Usually people who are lower in openness tend to, tend to be more politically conservative. So you can kind of imagine where I'm going with this. But because they're lower in openness, that means they're, they're not as open to new experiences. So a brand spanking new F-150 that's all electric <clears throat> may not be, if Ford has just jumped into this, their sales may not do very well. But I think making those incremental changes and getting people prepared and not going too crazy with the design, I think helps play towards their market, like Austin was saying, for those people that don't, that aren't prepared for that massive change. Because let's be real here, for the Cybertruck, which I know, Justin, you're not a fan of, I actually really am. I think it looks incredible. The Cybertruck is not going to be your F-150 buyer. Correct. It's going to be people that have always wanted a truck, but never have justified it because, for one, they don't either like the look of trucks um, or they don't like the idea of having a big lumbering bulky truck and paying for all those, like all the gas associated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is like going to be a continuation of the same market of people, but just wanting something that's a little bit like more unique and uh, for a lot of time, a lot of them cheaper to operate. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think Justin, that's that's a, a great point. Jordan, you had some that as well. Yeah, I mean, back to the um, like payload. So that's what's interesting about battery electric vehicles is you know they have limitations, and so with marketing, typically when they say up to two thousand pound payload, up to ten thousand pounds towing, you would think cool. So the top end truck has the up to numbers. But no, the standard range truck has the full payload. The extended range truck has slightly less payload, but more towing. Um, 10,000 pounds towing versus the standard 7,700 pounds. So it, it is interesting. But what's really cool with this truck that they're introducing with this model is the onboard scales. Mm. So the truck will tell you how much payload it has. Oh, um, that's so cool. So, and that's um, both with the, so the trunk and frunk together can hold up to 2,000 pounds. And so it will tell you how close you are to that and or if you go over um it would be interesting if <laughs> you're sitting in a truck and the passenger gets in and sees the payload increase by exactly their weight and they're like oh man <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah it's it's cool and then the the range calculator which will you know if you plot your route you know, put in a destination it'll tell you which charging stations to go to mm-hmm. theoretically which time it will take into effect it will take into account the payload so that will adjust the range or if you're towing it will know approximately how much you're towing now it won't tell you you know and there's no way to input this yet the actual type of trailer because if you're towing like a teardrop trailer with really good aerodynamics Mm. that will be drastically different than just a big box trailer or an open trailer if they have the same even if they have the same weight yeah so or even open trailer with your mowers on it or whatever but the truck is always learning based on your driving and the elevation and the hill descent and ascent and weather. It's taking all those factors into effect when determining your range. That's really impressive. And also, like, the amount of power outlets that this truck has is nuts. Like, like honestly, like, I would, I would sell, like, you could, you could sell that to, you know, fishermen, construction workers, frat boys, you know, whoever is going to, you know, Mate's going I can charge my vape yeah. <laughs> and charge my speaker at the same time. Oh, dude, that's so <laughs> awesome, dude. Sick. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> I, that would be super fun. I, I, I'm just waiting for someone to make a TV mount that mounts on, on the underside of the frunk. And so oh, just like yeah. the TV folds down, you have four outlets. You can plug in your TV, your Xbox. You can play some Forza. You your can cooler, have a mini yeah. fridge. Um, it's yeah. So, and the front, yeah, like you had it's eleven outlets in this truck. That's absurd. Doesn't the front also have like a drain, uh, a drainage hole? So like you could literally yep. pack that entire. What was it like four, like forty liters? Four hundred liters. Four hundred. Four hundred pounds. Four hundred liters. Four hundred pounds of ice and beer. Yep. I think this well, might be the next overlanding rig <laughs> that's that I get. That's, that's what's interesting is like it. So the trunk or the frunk. Okay, we, we should we should clarify. Ford is calling it the Mega Power Frunk. That's the official name. That's not some marketing jargon. Well, it is, but it's all it's the official name. <laughs> um, tell me that Mega Power Frunk is not marketing jargon. <laughs> so <laughs> it's got it's got four hundred and twenty volt outlets, two USB ports. I don't know why they didn't just make it four USB ports okay. or more. Um, and then it has you know it's easy access from the front, which does limit the ability to use it as a bathtub um, but it also has a fake floor which opens up to another additional storage spot which is tall enough to fit a beer can so 
probably two dozen beer cans and ice could fit in there, and that's where the drain plug is. So it is lockable, dry storage, so it's safe from the weather outside, but it's also weatherproof, so you can just spray it down when you're done. That's awesome. And I was like, I was like, oh, those freaking, they, they copied the Bronco. I was like, oh, wait, they make the Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's you guys. Hey, sorry about that. I got all confused. I was getting upset. It's so simple. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this handle, because Ford F-150 is such a, I mean, they're, they're marketing it as a work truck. Like, this is the truck you can take on the job site, off-road. I mean, it's, it's very impressive off-road. But what we've seen with the Mustang Mach-E, at least the base models, is heat issues. I mean, they will get too warm and then throttle you, which is not a Mustang name-worthy vehicle type of operation. But GT performance like those should be much better and they've said they're better but it will be i will be curious to see how long-term off-road this truck is capable of yeah i think i think it was a good call on their part to not change up the marketing too much because the f-150 that's an american workhorse it was it's the truck that built america they stuck with that they've been sticking to it and it's been the best-selling truck for the last 44 years so i I think it was a good call but honestly you know only time will tell and um yeah well guys this has been a fantastic discussion and i really enjoyed it thank you guys for tuning in we hope you all learned something or at least found it somewhat entertaining what do you guys think of the lightning drop a comment on our post or send us some dms on instagram you can hit us up on facebook or even email at the films at gmail.com we're happy to answer any questions that you have and we could even answer them on the podcast yeah, check out our other platforms. Instagram and YouTube have a lot of our content at Flywheel Films. And my Miata has an Instagram at ghosty.miata. You can find my Fiesta ST at kona.party.st. And I don't have an Instagram, but you can reach me by carving hieroglyphics into some rocks. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Goodbye and ka <laughs> <laughs>